Hey there, business building warrior. It's your buddy, Jim. This is Silent Sales Machine Radio. Today, I'm going to educate you and take away some of the maybe scary thoughts that you've had about IP complaints. That's intellectual property complaints on Amazon. Here you are happily selling a handful of great products on Amazon. And one day you get this scary message in your inbox and you don't know how seriously you should take it. You don't know if it's something you'd take action on or if you can ignore it. IP complaints, people saying, hey, you're not allowed to sell that. And you get these messages through email or through the Amazon messaging system, or maybe even a packet in the mail, a scary FedEx package with a lawyer emblem on the cover. How frightening is that? Saying, stop selling our stuff. Well, hey, today we're going to talk about when you should take those seriously, when you can ignore them. And here's a hint, not to be too much of a spoiler, you can ignore the vast majority of those. But we've got Greg Purdy with us today, and he's got a tool he's going to be telling us about as well that can help you know before you start selling a brand on Amazon, if it's going to cause you trouble or not. Now, Amazon will tell you if you're restricted from selling any given brand or not. Each of us has kind of our own set of restrictions based on how long we've had an account, which categories we're approved for, that sort of thing. But it won't tell you if you're going to get an IP complaint on any given product and how seriously you should take that complaint if you get it. So today's episode will hopefully put you at ease. We're going to spend some time with Greg Purdy. His tool can be found, the best price you'll find anywhere on it, it's called AZ Alert, and you can find it at silentgym.com slash IP, as in intellectual property. I'll repeat that one more time before we bring Greg on, and you can jump over there and see the price he has for us. It's a great discount just for this audience. It's the best price you'll find anywhere on this tool. It's a Chrome extension, as you'll hear us talk about, meaning it's not an app. You'll hear me refer in the interview to it being an app. It's not actually an app. It's, it's a Chrome extension you put on your laptop or desktop that you can look up any brand and see how likely it is that you're going to get some complaints from them and how seriously you should take those complaints. We're going to educate you on that today. But the link you need, again, silentgym.com slash IP, as in intellectual property. If you've been selling on Amazon any length of time at all, out there retail sourcing or buying replans, You've probably run into a handful of these. Today, we're going to give you all the education you need to help you sleep great at night knowing that you're only selling great product that you're allowed to be selling. You're not going to get any complaints. Or if you do get complaints, which ones you can safely ignore. So sit back, relax. No need to take any notes because as always, you can jump back over to silentgym.com and you'll see all the links from today's episode. So if you're driving, keep your eyes on the road. If you're running, just keep sweating and having fun. And we've got you covered at silentgym.com slash podcast. Just go to this episode and snag the links that you need from today's show. All right, I'm going to jump over and get Greg on the line right now. Enjoy this episode, Business Building Warrior. Let's meet Mr. Greg Purdy. So Greg, welcome to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Great to have you here, man. Tell us a little bit about your business and what you've been up to. Right, well, Jim, first, let me say thank you for inviting me on your podcast. Uh, I'm Looking forward to this conversation. So for those that don't know me, I'm Greg Purdy. I've been selling online since the 90s. I found eBay in 1999 and did very well with it. Got to the point where I was uh, taking consignments from other sellers and, and built a fairly a substantial eBay business prior to even discovering Amazon. And once I discovered Amazon, I really focused most or uh, a lot of my attention on the Amazon side of my business and grew it fairly quickly. 
a few years later, I started a website that deals with Amazon sellers and provides resources for Amazon sellers. And, and because of that, and because of working with a team of VAs in the Philippines and working with subscribers in the U.S. and all around the world, I was having to use a lot of tools. And, and so then I kind of got into the tool creation uh, business, we'll call it. Uh, I don't, I'm not a web designer. I don't, I don't actually do that part of the work, but I knew what I needed. I was able to write on paper what I needed a tool to do. And so we started creating tools for Amazon sellers as well through another one of my companies. And uh, that's been a, a big part of my focus for the last few years. And that's what takes us to today's hot topic. I don't think we've talked a whole lot about this in past episodes. Here we are about 250 episodes in or more to this show. And one of the concerns that a lot of Amazon sellers have, one of the things they run into frequently is they get these letters, cease and desist letters. Sometimes it's from a competitor who just is trying to scare you off of selling a product. Sometimes it's from the company who really doesn't have any teeth to make you stop doing anything. And sometimes it's actually a legitimate IP complaint or trademark issue or something that you, know, you do need to pay attention to. And I want to talk a little bit about how you can know the difference. It, it's a game that even true pros sometimes find themselves guessing at. You know. But the vast majority of the time, you can tell the difference fairly easily. And you've got a great tool that can help alert you as well. We're going to talk about to potential IP complaints based on fellow sellers kind of reporting which brands are causing trouble. Um, of the millions of brands out there, there's a handful of them that consistently will come after you and try to scare you away. And you've got a tool. So talk about some of those issues in any order that you'd like because you've studied this issue in depth. So there are really about three ways that you receive notification, whether it be from Amazon or from the brand themselves. And it's either going to come directly from Amazon in an email or you're going to get something through your buyer-seller messaging on Amazon in, in your seller central, or you may wind up getting something in the mail, uh, maybe a FedEx letter from a law firm. That's usually the three ways that you will all of a sudden realize that, well, there's an issue with this product. And let's just address those three ways. If you get a message from Amazon telling you that you are violating someone's intellectual property, you need to take it very seriously. It may be baseless. It may be that you're really not violating, but Amazon has determined for whatever reason that you are, it may have just been that the brand complained and sent them. The brand went through the proper channels. We'll put it that way. That's the only way that I pay attention. The brand has gone through the proper channels and gotten hold of Amazon. And Amazon has sent me a letter and said, you are going to have to stop selling this product. And if you want to start selling it again, you need to provide us with this documentation. I pay attention to that. The other two ways, we'll call it a brand, but in reality, it's another seller is contacting you from their seller account to your seller account through the buyer-seller messaging and saying, you're not allowed to sell our products anymore. And then the third way is they contact a, a brand manager or, an, I, or a, uh, an attorney and they send you something through the mail, usually FedEx, overnight mail, something like that. I generally will ignore FedEx letters. I don't care if they're from law firms. I will generally ignore buyer-seller messaging even if it's directly from the brand, because there is a process, which is for that brand to go to Amazon and Amazon to send me a message. And if they're not willing to follow the procedures, then I'm not really concerned about doing what they ask me to do. A lot of sellers just kind of run scared and, and cancel it and sell it on eBay, no matter who contacts them from what, sure. <laughs> you know, who would, they don't research it at all. They just kind of run scared. 
And what I just heard you say, if I had to sum it up, is your philosophy is unless I hear from Amazon and they've yeah. gone through the proper channel, it's hard to get my attention. And I can't say that I would argue with that stance. We've had a couple of occasions where we did actually reach out to them because we had been accused of selling a counterfeit and come to find out they were right. <laughs> We'd gone to an outlet store, bought a handful of items, and someone had counterfeited this dude's product. We mm. didn't want to be selling counterfeit. Right. So we cooperated with them, pulled the product, and they didn't go through Amazon to do this. They were kind of, you know, they could have brought the hammer down on us. They didn't. We helped them resolve the issue. So it was cooperative because no one wants to sell counterfeit products. They sent us a picture of the real deal and we looked at the package like, they're spelling wrong's name. The name's wrong on the package. Wow. This is counterfeit. Someone, you know, fooled, fooled the outlet, fooled us. And uh, we apologized and it was all good. But other than that, yeah, we, if we know we're not selling illegitimate product, we tend to just ignore those little pings from other Amazon sellers. And even if it's got a scary lawyer letter attached to it, because like you said, there is a channel. And that means you're hearing from Amazon within Amazon's internal communication system to you. And you do want to pay attention to those. So is my summation good? And do we leave any It is. It is. And, and that's the point is Amazon has provided the brands a way to properly manage who is allowed to sell the product. But Amazon has also said that they are not going to get in the middle of the brands trying to control their distribution channel. They're not going to participate in that. Filing false IP claims is not a way to manage your distribution channel. And, you know, accusing someone of selling a counterfeit when they're not, when you haven't made a test purchase, which is usually the case, uh, is not the proper way to do it because they're swearing under penalty of perjury that you're selling counterfeit and they've not even made a test purchase. There are some other factors in there because the word counterfeit does not always mean counterfeit in Amazon's terminology. Uh, counterfeit may mean unauthorized. And if the brand, for example, offers a 90-day money-back guarantee and or a one-year warranty on the product or whatever, and through Amazon, you're only offering a 30-day money-back guarantee through Amazon's return policy, then by nature, that product is different materially than the product that that brand is selling. And so if you're not an authorized retailer, an authorized seller, you're not able to offer that warranty, then you are selling a product that's materially different. And Amazon may call that counterfeit. Uh, it's just a term that they choose to use. So you have to be careful what you're looking at. But uh, what I tell people is, if you're confident that the product that you're selling is identical to the product that they would buy at Target or Walmart or wherever, and the warranty is the same, then you have a right to sell it. And Amazon is the one that determines if you have a right to sell it on their channel or not. It's not the brand that makes that determination. And it's Amazon. By default, Amazon's going to be lean towards wanting the maximum number of products sold by the maximum number of sellers. Because remember, they're serving the buying customer. They're yes. not serving the brands or you and I as sellers. They're serving the customers and they want happy customers with a wide selection of products and great prices. And the only way you can do that is by letting sellers get out there and get creative on how they source product. So if it was up to Amazon. They're all for having 50 to 100 sellers on every ASIN. That's great. Sure. <laughs> and, and a lot of the times you'll get these, these IP claims and Amazon's one of the sellers on it as well. And the claim will say that you're violating a trademark by selling the product on Amazon and Amazon's one of the sellers also. So yeah. that, you know, again, when you really start looking into these things, you realize these are baseless claims and you can usually successfully fight the claims. 
Now, that's not what our tool does. We don't fight claims with our tool, but we advise people that this brand is known for filing IP claims. And what you choose to do with that information is up to you. But the reason we created the product, because there are about six different products out there that do this, that, that advise people of IP claims. But again, they're basing it on the fact that so-and-so said that they got an IP claim from such and such a brand. And so they put it on their list. But when I started looking into it, because about five years ago, we added a page to our website for the restricted brands. Because back then, it wasn't every other brand was restricted. It was, there were a few hundred that we were able to identify. So we started listing them on our page, thinking maybe this would help sellers. And eventually it got to the point where every other brand was restricted. So kind of the page really doesn't have any real purpose. But once we started seeing that, that people were getting IP claims, we started saying, send them to us. Let us take a look at what you're getting. And I've realized early on that a lot of these are not real IP claims. Again, they're either the brands asking for information. Now they may follow up with an IP claim, but the initial letter is not an IP claim or it's a seller. As you mentioned, you know, if, if you're selling ABC product and I'm selling ABC product, you know, then I send you a letter saying I'm the brand and you better stop selling my product. That gets you off the product. And now all of a sudden I'm the only one on there. And, and I think a lot of the early IP claims were really sellers, vicious sellers that were just bad actors and they were trying to get competition off the listing. Uh, so when I started looking into some of these things, I realized a lot of the ones out there that people were mentioning were not true IP risks. So we created a tool, AZ Alert. It's by Ace and Zen. That's what AZ stands for. And we created AZ Alert to where when you're on a product page, if you have our tool, it will pop up and it will tell you if this brand is an IP risk. It also gives you a place if you know it's not showing on the tool, but you know that you've gotten a letter from Amazon or a message from someone about this, you can forward it to us and we will confirm it. And, and I want to say that a large percentage of the ones that I'm getting, I can't confirm them because again, I'm getting messages. You know, people will get a, a message from Amazon that a, product is now restricted because it's uh, it requires a prescription or the product has been recalled and they assume that that's an IP alert. And in fact, it's really not. It's just, it's a product restriction or they'll get, again, they'll get a message from the brand asking, where did you buy this product from? We're just trying to make sure you're buying legitimate products. And they say, Oh, you know, that's, that's an IP claim. And in real reality, it's not, it's just a request for information. So when I go through and I look at these messages, I'll say, well, it's not really an IP claim. So we don't add it to our tool. I believe that all the other tools that are out there, it doesn't matter what it is. If you say you got an IP claim, they're going to put it on their tool. So we distinguish. Now we have, we have listed ones that are on some of these other tools, I'm sure, because you'll see threads on Facebook where there are people will go in and contribute to the thread and they'll list all the brands that they know that they've gotten IP claims from. So we'll call that sourced from the community, community sourced or, or crowdsourced. And we'll list it and say, yes, this brand is reported to have filed IP claims in the community, but we don't, we've not been able to confirm that. But if it gets confirmed, it will be listed as confirmed. And you'll know that I actually have that on file. I have that document on file a legitimate IP claim that I can pull up at any time and show, yes, in fact, this brand does file IP claims. The other thing to keep in mind is just because a brand files IP claims doesn't mean that every seller is affected. I'll give you, give you a real good example. I've used the Lego example many times, but I use it here and then I'll expand upon it. 
Lego, do they file IP claims? Well, the answer is yes. If you were to go into China or contact a manufacturer to create, you send them a Lego and say, I want you to make this for me. And they make it, it's identical to Lego. It's got the Lego logo on it and you get the box and you, you know, maybe change Lego and misspell a logo or something. And then you put this product in the box and you sell it on Amazon and Lego sees it. They're going to file besides a claim, they're probably going to file a lawsuit, but they're going to file a claim and say that you are violating their trademark, their intellectual property, uh, you know, whatever it is, the design or the, the use of it or whatever. You're trying to pass yours off as a Lego. You're trying to trick people. You're trying to use Lego's reputation and brand to sell your product. And you'll get an IP claim. Does that mean I can't sell Lego? It absolutely does not. I can go to Target, buy Lego, sell on Amazon. They will leave me alone because I'm not violating anything. So just because you got an IP claim doesn't mean that every other seller has to stop selling. And I think that that's a mistake that people are making is they see the name and they say, can't sell it. And that's really not the case. Yeah, it's a lack of understanding of how the the system really works. Amazon's designed to be a third-party marketplace where anybody can sell anything. That's what they want. There's a handful of exceptions to that. Some brands have locked down to where they're the only one that can sell it. Mm -hmm. But it's really not that many brands. It's most brands would like to have it that way, but actually jumping through the navigation to make it. I mean, even Lego hasn't been able to do that. I sell, we sell Legos all the time. Thousands of other sellers do too. Would Lego prefer to be the only one selling Legos on Amazon? Probably, but they haven't locked it down. Uh, Nike even got to the point where they left Amazon because they couldn't lock it down. Right. So Nike just left. So now I don't, I, I haven't looked like, I still see Nikes on there. Those must all be third-party sellers. Not they are Nike. all third-party sellers, yeah. Right. So Nike's a great brand. I guess you could say the tide's kind of in our favor as sellers. It really is. There's a lot of things working in our favor. But if you're going to run scared, everyone, every time someone says, oh, I got an IP complaint on this brand, don't ever sell it again. Well, that's not necessarily all the information you need. And what I like about your tool, Greg, and by the way, I want to drop that link on everyone. If you go to silentgym.com slash IP, as in intellectual property, we haven't even said what IP stands for, intellectual property, silentgym.com slash IP. That's an app that anytime you're getting ready to source something, you can check and see what Greg's team has to say about that brand. And I love that you distinguish between a community sourced alert where someone might be saying, oh, wow, I got an IP complaint on Legos. No one sell Legos ever again. And then thousands of people stop selling Legos unnecessarily. Right. We say, this is community. We haven't actually seen a legitimate document that tells us that they've brand registered and locked that brand down and no one else can sell it. We haven't seen that evidence yet. So, you know, proceed with caution, perhaps. Don't buy a thousand right. units, just buy a hundred, you know, and proceed with caution. Or... The other, you know, you've got the red flag, like, yeah, legit, you're going to get some IP complaints with this brand. Be, pre- be ready to defend your territory. Or, you know, the green light, hey, go for it. We've never heard an IP complaint. And what I love too, and I just want to put it in my own words, Greg, and this is the thing that makes your tool stand out. This is the reason we've got you on the podcast today instead of the handful of other tools that are out there that I've seen promoted, is you don't let these false flags into your system. Meaning just because someone says they got an IP complaint, they may not know what they're talking about. It may be their competitor <laughs> that just sent them an email and tried to sound all fancy and scary. It, it scared them away. And they come running into some Facebook group and say, oh, that brand's locked now. I got a scary letter. You're not necessarily going to fall for that. Whereas the other tools seem to be consistently, anybody can complain. 
And even if I wanted to be creative, let's say I discover a great brand and it's selling well, I could report to these guys and say, oh, these guys are horrible. Their legal department is brutal. You'll get IP complaints day one. What I'm really doing is making sure I'm the only seller. You can manipulate the other one. You don't let that manipulation happen inside of your tool. That's why it's got the most accurate data. Yeah. So what are we leaving out? What else can we uh, share with folks to help them educate themselves and uh, convince them that they need a good tool like this? If you're doing a lot of retail sourcing, you've got a lot of people who do a lot of replens sourcing, for example, in our community. This is a brilliant tool to take along with you just to know what you're getting yourself into with the different brands as you start sourcing. So let me clarify. So it's, it's, a, it's a browser extension. So it's a Chrome browser extension. So it's not going to work on a phone. So you're not going to be able to use it in the field we do not provide a database of all the brands that we have, obviously, because then that's just, you know, we go out to everybody and it, it pops up. So if you're on your laptop, your desktop, and you're sourcing on Amazon or you're looking at product pages or whatever, if there's an issue, this will pop up and tell you that there's an issue with this product. So it, it's, again, it's not going to work in the field now. I, I you know, are we going to do that at some point? I don't know. We don't have a scanning app. So it would require us to create a scanning app in my mind. There's no need to create a scanning app. I think there's some really good ones on the market. So I would not expect ASIN Zen to be coming out with a scanning app in order to include this as a as an in the field tool. But you know, yeah. it, again, you know, if you've sourced and you've come back, you're going to have to load them up in the inventory lab or whatever. You will be on your desktop or your laptop. This will warn you. So it's a Chrome extension that gives you. And that. Uh, we actually uh, some of our tools integrate. It's a Chrome browser extension, yeah. And we, we, we actually integrate with Inventory Lab on some of our tools. So it, my belief is that we're going to probably integrate this tool with Inventory Lab as well, just as a last-minute reminder. And I've seen things change also. I've seen before where I've scanned products and, and I'm uh, able to sell them. And then when by the time I get them to the shop and I go to load them up into the Inventory Lab, I'm restricted. For whatever reason, Amazon is restricted to the brand. So... For that reason, we integrate with them to where as a last second reminder, if you, if you use that product, then you will get that last second warning before you send the product to Amazon and it becomes stranded. So if we can do the same thing with this tool, which I believe that's going to be in the works or going to be finished pretty soon, then if you are using Inventory Lab, it'll pop up and warn you at the last minute that, you know what, you might want to take a look at this again. Perfect. Talk to me a little bit about the pricing and the deal you've got for our listeners. I gave that link earlier, what's this going to set you back? Well, you know, I know these prices could change. So if someone's listening to this episode six months after we recorded it, you know, things may have changed. Right. But so it's, it's, a one time, it's a one-time purchase. It's not a yearly subscription. It's one-time $79.95 or $79.97, I think we went with. And um, buy it once. And as long as we are making the tool, it will load up on your Chrome browser. If you're using Chrome, you'll be able to use this tool. But we made a special price for friends of Jim Cockrum. And if you use Jim's link, silentgym.com slash IP, we're taking $20 off of the price. So you get it for $59.97, one-time payment. Um, I hesitate to use the word lifetime because again, the tool may be out. And here's, here's the scenario. Amazon may all of a sudden make every product an IP risk. And then at that point, I wouldn't need to make the tool anymore. That would make it very easy for me. Or they may decide that there's no such thing as IP risk anymore. They're going to stop allowing brands to do that, which mean I wouldn't have to make the tool anymore. So I, I'm not going to use the term 59.97 lifetime subscription. We'll say 59.97 as long as we make this tool, you'll get it. 
And yeah. that's that's using your link only, silentgym.com slash IP to get that price. Appreciate that great discount. And I think it'll help put a lot of people at ease because if you stand back and look at the big picture, I think my estimation is 70% of the freakouts over IP could have been ignored. Sure. <laughs> Just, you know, there's there are enough in there that you need to know what you're doing. If it's something from Amazon, pay attention to it. But the vast majority of the times, if it's not from Amazon, the best action you can take is no action. Just kind of let it go. I Keep agree. I, um, sometimes you may decide it's not worth the fight. Now, I'm not saying it's not worth the risk because there may be no risk involved. But sometimes it's not worth a fight. You may be getting a letter from this brand every day in your, in your buyer-seller messaging. You may be getting a, you know, a threat every single day and they may never leave you alone. And you may decide at some point, it's not worth it. I just, I'm tired of this. And so you stop selling the product. It wasn't that profitable or whatever. So there are reasons to stop. You know, you may get the six page. There's just one law firm everybody's familiar with. And you can, you get a FedEx letter with six pages of them trying to cite case law and, and define what every term means and threaten you on all these different levels. And I've found that that makes real good kindling in the wintertime for my fireplace. <laughs> and, I, and honestly, but I also have determined on some that, you know what, I just don't, I don't want to deal with them anymore. I'll stop selling the product. But some of the products, one of my best selling products, I, I listed the product on, I forget the date, but we'll say, you know, September 7th. And on September 10th, I got a message in my buyer seller messaging telling me that I was violating their trademark or something. I ignored it. It went on to become one of my best selling products, selling thousands of units. So do what you want with the information. I mean, again, the buyer seller messaging, according to Amazon, is for buyers to contact sellers, not for brands to contact sellers, not for sellers to contact sellers, but for buyers to contact sellers for information about their product or vice versa about their purchase. And any other use of that is against Amazon's terms of service. And I know for a fact, if you go to court, if the, if the brand were to take you to court and say, well, we contacted them through Amazon chat, I'm pretty sure the judge would throw it out because Amazon chat is not a legal means of communication you know, so if they want to threaten you through there, that's not the way to do it. So I just don't pay attention to them. I may, again, if, if it's done right, and I've had some brands contact me and they seem so nice. It's like, wow, these people are very kind. They're, they're, they're speaking to me like, you know, like a professional would speak to another professional and they're asking me nicely. And I may reply to them. Thank you. I appreciate that. And yes, I will stop selling your product. Do I have to do that? No, but I've chosen to do that on time or two just because I like the way that they've approached it. But the right way to do it is for them to gate their brand, use Amazon brand registry to gate their brand and stop sellers from selling their products and control their distribution before it gets to Amazon, not after it gets to Amazon. And if they don't choose to go that way, I just usually will ignore them. IP complaints are not a way to control brand distribution. That's right. (laughs) It's just not. But if you want to know who you're dealing with beforehand and avoid some of those headaches, silentgym.com slash IP is a great tool that you can use to go through, especially those of you who are sourcing a lot of different products, retail arbitrage strategies, replan strategies. This is a tool that's going to save you some heartache and, and some pain of running into stuff that you can't sell. The Amazon seller app will tell you if it's truly restricted, but it won't tell yes. you if you're about to sell something. It'll, it'll give green light and say, yeah, you're allowed to sell this, but it's not going to tell you, hey, you're about to get a letter a day from a scary lawyer. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> These guys are crazy. You know, it won't tell you that. 
And the truth is anybody can sue anybody anytime they want. Now, I haven't heard, I'm sure there's probably a case or two out there somewhere, but I haven't heard of a case where someone successfully sued a seller if they weren't brand registered, unless it had something to do with, like you talked about earlier, the uh, the warranty issues. That's the, to the best of my knowledge, and I'm not an expert on that part of the subject. To the best of my knowledge, the warranty issue has been deemed in some court cases to be uh, to make that product materially different. Different and because of that, they've been able to successfully accuse people of selling counterfeits. I, I know, I'll just say, I know of more cases where sellers have sued brands for filing false IP claims than I know of brands suing sellers I've, for selling I've products. heard of the, some big settlements actually where someone yeah. came in claiming to be the brand mm-hmm. and chasing someone off of one of their listings and the guy figured out that it wasn't really the brand that was contacting him. There was a counter suit and it was a lot of money. <laughs> I've, I've heard where the brand themselves have been sued as well. Yeah, the brand itself was completely uninvolved in the entire affair. Mm-hmm. It was just two sellers, one of which was representing himself as the brand. So if you're out there trying to do that stuff, <laughs> because the law is on the side of the good guys on this one, you'll, you will get burned. Well, this is a good episode. I think it's, we've uh, given people a, a pretty deep dive. You know, There's another you know, 5% of this subject. If you had a lawyer on here, we could dive a little deeper. But I think this is 95% of what you need to know about IP in this one podcast episode. And a great tool, silentgym.com slash IP to get the best price out there on Greg's tool. What do you guys call it? AZ Alert. AZ Alert. So yeah, when we, when we created the company, this is just one of our tools, but Ace and Zen. I wanted AZ because of Amazon. I knew I couldn't use the word Amazon, so I used the word ASIN and I needed a Z word. And there's not a lot of Z words in the dictionary. So I looked at Ace and Zebra. I didn't like that. I looked at Ace and Zombie. I actually bought that uh, URL and, uh, or that, that, that name. And then, but I came up with Ace and Zen. I don't know uh, Buddhism very well. I don't know it at all. I'm a Christian, but I know the word Zen has something to do with being at one. So we took the tagline, helping you become at one with Amazon. And all of our products are, are to help the sellers, you know, to get along well with Amazon. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. I appreciate the great discount and the great information today. It's really good hanging out with you. Hope to see you at the Proven Conference. We were talking a little bit beforehand, looking pretty good. You're going to make it this year. It's I'm been a few years best. since you, since yes. you saw you at one. So looking my forward to My kids are growing up and I have more, more time to myself now. So I'm, I'm hoping to be there this summer. That'd be beautiful. Be beautiful. And if you do see Greg at the event, be sure to go up and tell him thanks for this great episode and, and for all that he contributes for Amazon sellers. And uh, as we wrap, wrap up this episode, let me just thank the business building warriors out there hanging out with us today. Hopefully you learned some new stuff. Hopefully you feel more confident and comfortable out there sourcing and selling product. And certainly take a look at Greg's AZ Alert product to help you be even more confident. It's not going to run into any IP issues. But uh, thanks for hanging out with Greg and I today. We'll have another great episode for you real soon. God bless all the business building warriors out there. This is Jim signing off. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Visit silentgym.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.